It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. (sighs) The Dallas Cowboys sneak out a nail-biter against the Seattle Seahawks in Week 13. We break it down next. You are Locked On Cowboys. Your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use promo code LOCKDOWNNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, we are breaking down... One of the wildest Cowboy games that you will ever see. Uh, We're going to cover this from all angles, including Dak Prescott's MVP case. What in the world is going on with the Cowboys defense and so much more. But let's real quick recap. 41 points by the Cowboys. Seattle scores 35. The Cowboys hold on. There was, I'm looking up the numbers now, 1,700 yards in penalties, I believe, in this game was the official number. 1,700 was the total, yeah. Yeah, absolutely wild. How big of a win was this for the Cowboys? Uh, it's enormous. You know, I mean, look, it's like you you go in and we've, we've been hearing it for weeks. You know, what, what is it? when is this team going to beat a good team? Or when is this team going to play a team against a team with the winning record? Now, again, of course, the, the classic fallacy here is that now, now Seattle doesn't have a winning record. Yeah, it's just an but, average team. Yeah, but, but, yeah, I mean, you know, the fact is, is that Seattle was a team. This was a, a playoff simulation in some way. Right, like you're playing a team in Seattle that absolutely has to have this game. Like they're in the middle of the race. They needed this game way more than the Cowboys did. The Cowboys didn't need this game to get in the playoffs. The Cowboys needed no. this game to win the NFC East or or to have aspirations higher have than they, what they have currently. Right. Yeah, because if exactly. the Cowboys lost this game, the NFC East is over. For even yeah. if the Cowboys were to win next week, it, it, it would be over. It would be over. So. Yeah, the, the fact that the Cowboys, you know, were able to pull this out uh, obviously was was huge for the race. But, but but this is a detrimental loss for Seattle, which is why they, you know, clawed and fought like the way they did in this game. So, uh, yeah, I mean, just it was good to see them get into this kind of game and then fight the whole way through. Like the offense never kind of let their foot off the gas, um, and and I felt like the defense really, really struggled, you know, obviously for three quarters of this, three and a half quarters of this game uh, with penalties, with bad performance at certain points. Um, But at the end, when you needed them to make plays in order to win the game in a shootout, you had two different fourth down stops at key moments made by uh, your your two biggest playmakers. Three fourth down stops. Yeah, that's true. You had the the Demarcus Lawrence one uh, at midfield on Zach Charbonnet. You had the other one at midfield where Geno Smith kind of overthrew Tyler Lockett, the Cowboys blitzed. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, and then at the end of the game, the one where the Michael Parsons unblocked. So three fourth down stops that the Cowboys got right at midfield on all three of them. 
Yeah. So, uh, you know, look, we'll talk more about the defense, at, you know, obviously a little bit later, but I think just overall uh, you played winning football, you know, like it, it didn't look ugly. It's not always going to look perfect all the time, but you never gave up. you never got the, let the game get too far out of, out of whack. And you outlasted the other team as far as executing throughout the game when, you know, at the end, it just felt like the, the tide had really turned on the Seattle offense that they just weren't able to kind of get the kind of consistent uh, 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 execution that they needed to kind of continue down the field and score. It was a huge game by the Cowboys offense to just keep them alive. The, the defense was really struggling. And this is the way the Cowboys went. And after the, the first drive of the game, they went touchdown, touchdown, field goal. Uh, and they, they knelt on the ball at the end of the half. Touchdown. They got the turnover on downs after the interception. Touchdown. Uh, field goal, touchdown, field goal, end of game. I mean, they just they kept the pressure on Seattle all game long. It just felt like and you were waiting all game. You really felt like if the Cowboys could just get a stop or two, they would win this game. And when the Cowboys finally did get a couple of those stops at midfield, they turned them into touchdowns. Uh, I just want to give the offense a lot of credit for keeping their foot on the gas all game long. It's really, really hard to do that, especially when you know – you can't punt and you can't really even settle for field goals. You got to score touchdowns every single time that you get the ball. And they did it. It was a masterful job by them. You know, it's it's ironic that, you know, we had a uh, a battle between probably the two best punters in the league or or two of the best punters in the league and they never, neither of them ever saw the field. I mean, this honestly like just on a kind of 10,000 foot note, it must have been nice for the the Thursday night crew to get such a banger of a game on Thursday night after such uh, sleepers. I mean, this, you know, look, say yeah. what you will about, you know, wanting to see some good defense and how you feel about the state of the Cowboys defense, just from a, an enjoyment of viewing game, like to, to see all these points being, it, it felt like ne- neither defense was ever going to make a stop at yeah. a certain point in the, the mid to second, second quarter to third quarter. So uh, yeah, kudos to the Dallas defense to be the one to finally make the big stops yeah. at several points when they needed to. And obviously kudos to Dak and the offense for doing whatever, what, what, what they needed to throughout the game to keep them in the game. We're going to talk about Dak in the next segment, but just really quickly updating you guys where the Cowboys are at uh, after 12 games. They're nine and three. Fantastic record. They basically have got the number five seed locked up. Uh, Seattle was their closest competition. And now there's essentially a four game gap between them with the Cowboys at nine and three, the Seahawks at six and six, and the Cowboys on the tiebreakers. So if the Cowboys don't win the NFC East, they are going to be going to either Atlanta or or New Orleans. I guess even Tampa Bay is still alive. I can't believe it. I mean, seriously. it's big. And you saw the graphic on Amazon today. It's probably going to be probably Eagles as the number one seed, 49ers or Lions as the two and three. The, the other one who's obviously not is going to be the two, three. You want to avoid those teams in round one. Uh, so it's important for the Cowboys to get this spot. The other thing is you're still alive in the NFC yeah. East race. And that's the big one with the Eagles playing the 49ers this week, playing the Cowboys Next week, with the Cowboys having 10 days rest, you have at least prolonged the fate of the NFC East for a couple more weeks. We, we're we going to have at least a little bit longer to hold on to the hope that the Cowboys can win this con- our division. Yeah, and, and shout out to my buddy Joey Ikes, who just, <laughs> just DM'd me a, good, a great point. If Seattle plays like that in a couple weeks when they play Philadelphia. Uh, in Seattle. Know, 
in Seattle of all places too. Uh, they're going to give Philadelphia a real bad time as well. So yeah, um, yeah I, I seriously, real quick before we get into all the Cowboy stuff, hats off to Seattle. Oh, I mean, they came. That in, might be the best game I've ever seen Geno play. Yeah, and 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 they came in and and they were ready to play in a way that uh, you know they needed to be considering the, the stakes. Uh, and and they played a really good game on both sides of the ball, even when even at times their offensive line felt compromised. Uh, to yeah. hold a Cowboys pass rush to what they did in the first half, hats off to you guys. Yeah, and I mean, listen, if Seattle ends up grabbing like the six seed, I I can tell you, Detroit's going to want no part of Seattle. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It, well, in the fact that Seattle has literally beat Detroit in back to back years <laughs> in Detroit, so like yeah. that could be a bad matchup for a team like the Lions who might win thirteen games this season. Uh, all right, let's talk about Dak Prescott, who had another wonderful performance against Seattle in week 13. We will get to that next. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That is $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options available, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. You might even want to check out that MVP race where Dak Prescott seems like he's climbing every single week. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season with FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. We wanted to let you know that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, uh, Lane, let's talk about Dak Prescott. Hmm. 29 of 41 for 299 yards, three touchdowns, led the Cowboys to 41 points. Uh, had a couple of big runs in this game to set up the Cowboys to, to score. Dak has had a lot of really good games this season. This might have been his best. Yeah, and I think you know anyone who's a connoisseur of Dak Prescott knows that uh, yeah, these games where – they're able to get I mean this is the truth with everybody the games where they're able to get pressure on Dak at times uh, and play with zone coverage behind that uh, that's really where things can get difficult right and Dak obviously is, is yeah, I think he's number one in, uh, quarterback in the league against man coverage uh, and I don't think his, his stats are nearly as high against zone and we knew going into this game Seattle was going to play a ton of zone coverage behind them right mm-hmm. and Dak was able to you know uh, c- complete passes at a high rate you know look the the, av- the average depth of target wasn't great I think it was you know just under six yards but but the fact that he was able to kind of pick things apart get the ball to to his guys to allow them to kind of 
make some plays, escape some situations. I mean, that was really, you know, the kind of the big difference in the game was the second shots, the second options, the, uh, the second chances in the snap, right? When Dak's able to get away from Taylor's grasp and roll out and throw to Tolbert on the sideline, when Dak's able to escape uh, the front of the pocket and just finds Pollard just kind of sitting by himself after uh, a pass block and just kind of flips it to him quickly and Pollard's well, able to make a play, you know? That Taylor one like was that. huge because – it would have been like second and 15 uh, from like the 30 yard line. Instead, he finds Tolbert for a first down. The Cowboys scored a touchdown. Was it later on that drive to, to, I think that's when they, with the two, got up by three. I mean, that's a huge play in the go- game going from second and 15 to first down inside the red zone. There have been two eras of, of Dak Prescott game, I think, right? The early era of Dak Prescott was a guy who could do that second chance stuff. He could escape out of a bad pocket, make a play, get out of the pocket, you know, change the angles, change the windows and make a play. The second era was Dak developing into the veteran quarterback, right? He was he was standing in the pocket. He eventually gets hurt, and then he even further kind of recedes into the being a pocket quarterback at command at the line of scrimmage, uh, you know, and, and becoming the guy that the cerebral quarterback that that hits the open guy that finds the open window. This era of Dak, he has found a way to combine both of them, right? He's in the pocket, he's operating in the system, and then when the system doesn't work or he's forced to get out, he's also doing the second chance, the second option plays, he's reloading, and and that's really been all the difference, right? That's what's made him so unstoppable in third down because even if you call the right defense, even if you get the guys covered, even if you get pressure on Dak Prescott, if he can find a way to get out and make an escape, the play starts all over again. And suddenly you've got angles that you're not ready to cover and, and Dak can get a first down. And, and and time and time again, it was Dak either finding a way early in the snap. And if not, heck, I'll, I'll do it with my legs. I'll do it with my arm outside the pocket. Uh, yeah, th- you know, even though the numbers may not be uh, uh, as astounding as some of these other games we've seen, he was still, I think, you know, over, about 4% over uh, expected completion, uh, you know, against his own defense, which I think is really impressive and shows you how far he's come. And then you combine that with just how many times he by himself single-handedly was able to bail out this offense to continue drives. Uh, this was an MVP performance to me. I think, th- you know, this is a gutsy performance where the defense didn't give you anything for three and a half quarters. Dak basically pulled this boat by himself until the defense found its footing. And, you know, it, it was just impressive to watch. Got some numbers for you. Uh, Dak Prescott, since week eight, has 20 passing touchdowns. Since week eight, no other quarterback in the league has more than 10 in that stretch. <laughs> Pretty incredible. Uh, since here, Here's his numbers since week eight. Uh, he, he's completing 71% of his passes for almost 2,000 yards, averaging – 8.6 yards per attempt, 317 passing yards a game, 20 touchdowns, two interceptions, passer rating of 123. I mean, he has been – I mean, those numbers, obviously they're MVP numbers, but you're talking about like some of the best numbers we've ever seen in a stretch like that. Dak is playing out of his mind right now, and this is the most comfortable we've seen. He's got total control of this offense. It just – even on the plays that didn't work, like they ran the fourth down sprint right yep. option to CD, ball was on the money. CD it was on the money. It was the, on the, the money. Th- the, the completion to CD, that was, he threw it in double coverage. You, you go, oh, why did Dak throw it? And then you go and look at the other angle. He split both defenders and put it right between yeah. CD's hands. I was like, that was unbelievable. It's just crazy some of the it, throws and, he's 
if you factor in the penalty yards, the illegal contacts, the defensive pass interferences, the defensive holdings, it was like another 97 yards. I think I saw the number that were, you know, just taken off the stat sheet. I mean, Prescott's unbelievable. The Cowboys are averaging, the Cowboys are averaging over 40 points per game at home this season. And this isn't a small game sample size. The Cowboys have, I think, two home games left this year. So we've, we've already played six home games. I, again, I don't want to say he's the MVP favorite, but he has certainly risen up the, the ranks. I, I, I can't believe there's going to be multiple players ahead of him after this week. All hail Dad Prescott. You know, he's, 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 he's become the father of this offense and he's becoming a father in real life. And, and, and it's taken his game. He's taken dad his strength. game to a whole, yeah, exactly. He's got that dad strength. He's taken his game to a whole nother level. And honestly, like anybody who's not including him in the MVP conversation, yeah. um, you know, they, they're just not taking it seriously. All right. Let's talk about CD lamb, uh, 12 catches for 116 yards in a touchdown. He also had two carries for 30 yards. And I don't want to gloss over those carries because no. the one carry came on, I think it was a second down at the end of the game. And it ended up being like a 20 yard run that put the Cowboys yep. inside the red zone, which allowed them to use a little bit more clock and took it to the um, two minute warning, right? Yeah. Took yeah. it to the two minute warning. Now we can, have a discussion about how the next couple of plays went, but that's besides the point. Hmm. Uh, outside of a couple of drops, I thought CD had another really, really good day. Yeah, I mean, we we mentioned the play where the ball hit him in the hands in the fourth down. We mentioned the one where you know Dak made the incredible throw. Outside of those two plays, I, I think CD was absolutely masterful. I mean, you know, on a game where you know, D, you know DK Metcalf obviously took a lot of the shine as he should with six catches yeah. and three touchdowns on 134 yards. Uh, I, I think that, you know, when you look at all how targeted CD lamb was, I mean, if he had 17 targets and he converted 12 of them, right. And, and, and to be able to consistently kind of be able to be uh, a point of, of, of emphasis and be able to produce uh, and, and continue to help them move the ball. And again, you know, look, I, I know it's, 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 it's more efficient to have a higher uh, average depth of target. It's more difficult to kind of produce the way that they did with when you know that you have to throw it underneath. You're not getting the deep, so you're having to dink and dunk to keep it all in front of you. So again, uh, you know, to kind of avoid throwing interceptions, avoid you know miscommunications. This this game is it, offensively is is a game that I feel like the Cowboys' offense last year wouldn't have been able to do. Because they, they, there would have been a miscommunication. There would have been multiple miscommunications that would have caused an interception or a, a miss on a key third down. The fact that the Cowboys were able to kind of play efficient football against a heavy zone defense that was basically trying to keep everything in front of them and, and a good defense with good secondary, uh, this was a this was a, a fantastic performance by this offense, CeeDee Lamb and Dak especially. Yeah, we are just really quickly on CD. Uh, there's still five games left, several of these which project to be shootouts. CD Lamb at 1,300, just under 1,300 scrimmage yards in eight touchdowns. Like, Lane, he's going to get to like 1,600 yards in double digit yeah. touchdowns this year. It's just quite an ascension from him. Uh, a bunch of players that we can talk about on offense, and we're going to have all next week to talk about it. I, I just want to mention Jake Ferguson. Yep. Ferguson had obviously the big touchdown. He had a couple of big receptions where he took some shots in the middle of the field. Felt like Jake Ferguson grew up a little bit in this game. I love that he was playing with an edge, talking to Jamal yeah. Adams a little bit. Like they kind of need that little bit of nasty on their offense. And I think Ferguson gets it. 
that look he gave Adams when he got that touchdown, man, it it's got great. me hype. Uh, yeah, I love how uh, just nasty he is, and he just you know he's a, all about that business. Like you want to talk your trash, he's not backing down even a little bit. So uh, I love that about him, you know. And, and and after having years and years of kind of having, uh, you know, Jason Witten had that edge to him a certain degree. I mean, he had a persona that kind of you know, beliled that a little bit, but Jason Witten was not afraid to mix it up. It's okay. good to have a, a, a tight end who's, who's, you know, about getting physical and is not afraid to back down and not afraid to let guys know, Hey, I beat you on the goal line when you needed to, when you needed to stop this touchdown and, and you didn't make the stop. Yeah. It was, it's awesome to see if the Cowboys want to do some damage in the playoffs. I think Jake Ferguson's going to have to be a really big component of that because he, he is good after the catch. The Cowboys love to target him in the red zone. The the, oh, the hurdle was great. <laughs> was I think incredible. the defensive back was just shocked that that guy got up that high. Uh, yeah. We're gonna ha- again. We're gonna talk about Jake Ferguson throughout the week. So make sure you are listening to the Lockdown Cowboys podcast. I want to talk about this Cowboys defense uh, and some of the problems they had in the first half. Next. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fastest and the easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All-in prices show your total up front so that you, you know you're going to get a great deal without any of those hidden fees or charges. Buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Every day is on Monday show. We're going to break down some of our notes from the All-22. We're going to get your questions. And then it's Philly week. Big, big divisional game between the Cowboys and the Eagles, so make sure you get ready for that. Later, let's talk about the Cowboys' defense. They gave up 35 points. We're going to do some criticizing here of them in a second. However, I do want to give them credit for the way they finished the game. This this is their final uh, five drives of the game. Interception, touchdown, not great. Turnover on downs, turnover on downs, turnover on downs. So four of the last five drives – Ended it in a turnover for the Cowboys. Felt like they did settle in at least a little bit in the second half. Yeah, and look, I think it's going to be we're going to need to look at the tape to kind of figure out exactly what happened. And and, and Deron Bland is you know going to take his lumps this week. There's no doubt, and he should. I mean, he was he, he gave up a lot of yards. 
it was incredible, <laughs> incredible to see him get another interception, though. I mean, that's just ridiculous at this he point. He actually should have had another one. He should have had mean, another he, one, he, Well, to be fair, he made he the right decision. Dropping yeah, he should have. Right? But, he, I mean, yeah. it very easily could have been a two-interception day from him. That's right. Uh, but I do think that if we're going to give, uh, you know, some some – marks against right we need to start not with the secondary but with the pass rush that is really seemingly the problem for me i you know this this game they ended with one sack and guys who would have guessed that the the one sack would have been jonathan hankins and that one sack would have been jonathan hankins on dj dallas the well, running back you know? i mean to so, be fair jonathan hankins got two last week he might be their second best he might player. be there he might be the new the new ace that's three no. it's got to be career high for jonathan hankins right so uh yeah i mean i think that you know to me was the biggest issue is that you know there was definitely some points where gino was throwing with anticipation he was throwing it very quickly and getting the ball out but there were definitely deep passes down the field where he had plenty of time to stand in the pocket, deliver the ball down the field in a way that it shouldn't be allowed. Like it just, that's, you know, part of the defense is that you need to be able to get home. And there was just so many situations where it felt like the pass rush wasn't getting there or one person was getting there, causing the pressure. Gino was need to make one quick adjustment up into the pocket and was able to reset and deal down the field. And, and obviously with someone like DK Metcalf, who's just a physical freak, we talked about it all last week. These guys are extremely physical and 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 talented receivers. If you give them all that extra time to get second chances, of course they're going to be able to. Or if you give them all the time to run a nine route down the field, you know he's going to have the opportunity to make one for one plays against a, a smaller guy. So, uh, yeah, for me, I think you know the defensive backs need to take their lumps. I thought Kerr specifically, it really had a bad game as well at certain yeah. points. Uh, but I think it's got to start with that pass rush has got to show up earlier in the game. You cannot wait until the fourth quarter of the game to start getting pressure on this team. Uh, you know, I think Parsons did, you know, had a, had a fairly good game and was able to create some pressure there, but nobody else seemingly was able to no. do much other than like maybe Osa Digizua one or two times. But outside of that, there just clearly wasn't enough pressure on the quarterback to cause him any kind of issues with getting the ball down to their playmakers. And it, it just kind of let the, let their defensive backs out to dry. So there's two ways that you can look at this, that whenever the Cowboys have played a good offense, whether it's Seattle, Philly, or San Fran, they've given up a lot of points, right? 28 to Seattle, 35 to, or sorry, 35 to Seattle, 28 to Philly and 40 something to San Fran. I mean, I think that's a concern. The other way that I might be looking at this, if you are a more positive person like I am, Landon, <laughs> uh, this was the this was for both Cowboys, the Cowboys and the Seahawks. So this is their third game in eleven days, and typically you do yeah. see the defenses wear down in the stretch because they're the ones that are having to absorb a lot of contact and that kind of stuff. So I'm willing to wait and see what it looks like against Philly next week. If the Cowboys yeah. really struggle again next week, I'll be concerned. But I, I don't want to read too much into this weird Thursday, Thursday game. Well, and also I think that both teams probably didn't practice with pads even once this week. I know the Cowboys didn't, and I can't imagine that Seattle did with the, with the extra travel that they had to do. So, uh, I, yeah, I think that you know helps the offense who you know mostly can operate in, in shorts and shells if they need to in order to get the, get the timing right. So. Yeah, I, I mean, certainly that does make some excuses. But at the same time, Seattle was able to get with a very mediocre, you know, pass rush was able to get home on Dak at least four times, I think. So, uh, you know, I, I think that's you got to see a better pass rush earlier in these games. 
I, I am hoping that, you know, it was just uh, exhaustion after having yeah. dealt with, you know, all these games. Uh, but, you know, now they've got 10 days to rest and they're going to need to get after J- Jalen Hurts if they're going to beat the Eagles uh, coming 10 days from now. I, I will say one of the things they've got to clean up is these offsides penalties. Dante Fowler's had at least one like three weeks in a row. He had two in this game. I mean, he's not such a good pass rusher that I have to feel like he's got to be on the field if he's going to keep racking up these third down offside penalties, something the Cowboys obviously need to fix. Um, we'll say I, I thought their linebackers for the most part played pretty well. They missed a couple yeah. tackles in space, but they were flying around. Oh yeah. I thought the linebackers to me were the least of the worries in this defense tonight. You know, the, the, the they, uh, for the most part, you, you didn't see Seattle run the ball very successfully. No. Uh, you, you know, they, you, they weren't getting a ton of passes to the tight ends necessarily. And, and when they were they you know, it was someone it was on curse. Curse. Was on yeah. So I yeah, will say like, Rashawn Evans running down the middle of the field with Tyler Lockett was impressive. Now he got the penalty. Was. But the ball was underthrown. I, I hate the underthrown. You know, it was a good play by there. Evans for the most yeah. part. To run, run step for step with Tyler Lockett. Pretty. He did bro. his job. You know, like yeah. the, the ball got underthrown. And look, Lockett beyond it just being underthrown. Lockett reached around Evans and pulled him towards him <laughs> so that contact was assured. It was a good veteran oh! play by Lockett. Yeah, yeah, seriously. So yeah, which again, I, I mean, listen. Uh, uh, Cowboys do that kind of thing. I mean, look, yeah. what was it? What was it? Who was it that faked the the penalty? The uh, Brock Hoffman, who, yeah. who did a very nice, great job, Brock. Brock. Yeah, great job, Brock. It's probably the best thing he done all season. Uh, and and Easily. yeah, I mean, I think I think that's you know, I mean, that's going to happen sometimes. But uh, I thought for the most part, the linebackers, you know, they were definitely not the issue here. It, it, it felt like the guys that that you were expecting to make plays. That's who was the issue, you know. Uh, and 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 ultimately, they look. Here's the other thing I would add. You wanted to talk about the optimistic take on this. The optimistic take is that the truth of the matter is that, that good defense only ex- doesn't really exist when you play great offenses, right? Yeah. And not that Seattle is necessarily a great offense. But they the played issue, really right? well. Played, they played right, really right. well. But 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 I think the point is is that what you need your defense to do when you play great offenses is make the stops at the key moments in the game, sure. and that's the one thing that the Dallas Cowboys defense did tonight is that when they absolutely needed it, D. Law makes a stop behind the line of scrimmage to Charbonneau for, start fourth down. You know, J. J. Lou makes a a, a breakup on you know on a pass. Yep. You know, so uh, Micah Parsons gets a pressure that forces a throw at the feet of the running back. The the key guy, uh, Doron Bland on the on the fourth down. The, the key guys make the key plays, the key times, uh, in order to give your your offense a chance to get the ball back and score. That's all I can say about this game. It's like, man, it's that was a stressful, nerve wracking game. You're really glad you won it because now you get ten days to rest up. You play another game at home against Philadelphia. Uh, Cowboys, despite some of their early season hiccups, sitting pretty well going into week 14. It was nice to have the Cowboys get this stressful win. We can't wait to break it all down. we got a loaded uh, schedule of shows next week. Make sure that you check out the Lockdown Cowboys podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We are free and available on all platforms. Check out the show on YouTube. We post shows and videos every single day over there. Go follow Landon on Twitter, at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. Enjoy your victory Friday, your victory Saturday, your victory Sunday, Monday. Cannot wait to break it all down. Enjoy the rest of the games, and we will see you right back here on Monday. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. 
Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.